Hey guys, Matt here with the Valkyrie cast. This week in news, we talk about EA tweaking their loot boxes for Battlefront 2. Disney aims to take over the world as they try to buy back the rights to some of their characters from Fox. They also announce a new Star Wars trilogy. Amazon and WB, along with the Tolkien estate, are talking about doing a Lord of the Rings TV show, and we're really interested in that. And of course, our topic of the day is talking about Mario Odyssey. So sit back and relax. It's a me, Mario. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 23 of The Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host, Matt. Along with me today are your wonderful co-hosts. First off, we have the man who added a gun holster to the tank of his motorcycle. We have Tommy. Uh, I did. I did. <laughs> We're not sure if it's legal, but it sure is awesome. I think it's legal in our state, at least. It is. I don't know about ever. Just be careful going out of state trips. South of America. <laughs> First off, I'm going out of state. It's not on a motorcycle. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. true. Uh, next, we have the man who plays first-person shooters with a modded NES power glove. We have Drew. Yes, it's true. It, it helps me get more immersive. Um, <laughs> it, it's really to help me make sure it's an even playing field for those I'm playing against because I'm just that good. He Not likes really. to get hands-on. I like to get <laughs> hands-on. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's it. Oh, oh the puns. perfect. It's great for and- pun Vimber, right? Like, is That's it right. Happen? It is great for pun vimper. My personal thing where I'm sending my girlfriend a pun every day and she hates me for it. I'm kind of surprised she hasn't it. dumped me. It has, <laughs> it has been the highlight of my life. Yeah, it, it's been great from an outsider looking in. I mean, I don't know if it's good for your relationship, but it sure is funny. It's good. Sometimes she'll say something and I, it's like towards the end of the day and I go, oh, wait, I haven't given you a pun. And she literally is like, dang it, I thought you would forget. I was like, nope, I have not. And finally, our guest this week, she claims that she already has 400 moons on her first day of playing Mario Odyssey. We have Angela. Uh, like three ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, you're splitting hairs. <laughs> splitting hairs. Close. You rounded up, you know, you were generous. <laughs> Way to be humble. Yeah, I want to go right. from this before we dive into this, that Angela is my wife, so if she gets sassy with me, she's allowed to. That's basically. That's. I just want to make that. And I'm Matt's little sister, so I can do the same to him. Yeah, that's right. Tommy's the only one who's safe. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Tommy's the only one that's safe. So, Angela, (laughs) since this is your first time being on the podcast, we ask every one of our guests the questions: your favorite movie, your favorite TV show, and your favorite video game. Are you prepared? (sighs) I've been thinking about this. Hmm. Sounds like she's been dreading. Has come. Favorite she does movie. sound like she's been Are dreading it. I just like so many of them. Um, <laughs> I'd say my favorite movie collectively would be the Han- anything Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Yeah. I watched Silence of the Lambs the first time the other day. He's it's my actually really character good. crush. That's, I wouldn't have said that, but okay. It's <laughs> really weird. <laughs> Um, and then, so it's like favorite movie and it's favorite video game and TV show. And yeah. TV show. Whatever order you would like. TV show. Yeah, whatever order. Um, would probably, I love so many of them. Um, I want to say SNL just to spite my husband, but I'm not going to say <laughs> that. Um, I'd say probably Hannibal, not Hannibal. Um, what's it called? 
don't even know the name of my Criminal favorite. Minds? No, not Criminal Minds. Oh, Law and Order. The one about Hannibal Lecter? No, it's the other serial killer guy. Dexter? <laughs> yes, thank you. It just oh, out of my mind. Was a, it's so much her dark. favorite that she couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> I know. I don't need his name. I know his face. <laughs> like, guys, Angela consumes, like, a lot of television. Yeah. Like, she she's a power streamer at heart. And by consume, she turns it on and then does stuff on her phone and doesn't <laughs> Sorry, actually watch it. Sorry, I'm able to multitask, Matt. Uh, <laughs> so that, and then my favorite video game, I love Mario. That's what got me into gaming. But my favorite, probably of all time, would be Skyrim. Ah, okay. And, and please, love of That's my true. life, tell, tell our audience what your favorite thing to do in Skyrim is. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, get all the money. <laughs> all the money, yes. You're a bit of a hoarder, right? No, I'm in, a billionaire. In, in a virtual hoarder, a billionaire in Skyrim. Are you trying to mm. save up to uh, buy I can buy run? all kinds of mutton. Mutton. I can buy all the things. I like that. She, she is, I, I got to say, like, An- Angela's play style, it, it's, you know, everybody's got a different play style, but I can't handle Angela's play style because she's <laughs> sneaky and she takes the time to get every little thing, even if there's nothing there. And so it's the most boring thing to watch. And I feel for Drew because the other day when they were playing Mario Odyssey, if Drew passed like one coin, she would like flip out and was like, Drew, go back, Drew, you, and she was legitimately getting upset at she Drew like, because he wouldn't go back and get a coin. <laughs> You, you you like collectibles in games. Like, that's one of your favorite things is to get all the Well, I'm currently playing Mario Odyssey, and... <laughs> As we're doing this Every podcast. time I die, I'm losing money, so part of me is dying a little bit with him. It's but. ten coins. And technically, in areas where you can get more than that, you could literally just kill yourself and just spam getting coins. I'm just saying, it's the principle of it. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, this week has been an interesting week. We are talking about Mario Odyssey tonight, thus why Angela is playing it. I think Tommy may also be playing it while we're I podcasting. Am. I am tearing it up right now. Yeah, which is yes. wonderful because that's what you can do in the Switch. By the way, I got a Switch for my birthday because of my amazing wife. You're welcome. And uh, so it's been great. We've been playing a lot of Mario Odyssey. Before that, though, we do have a few bits of news before we dive into news time. Uh, yeah, news time. So the first one I have is um, EA has uh, is releasing, uh, I guess, November 17th, I believe, is the official release date, though it is live now if you pre-ordered Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, this has been a game that has been, on one end of the spectrum, extremely highly excited about because it looks gorgeous. It's Star Wars. Everyone loves Star Wars. And on the other end, there's been a little bit of controversy and question about loot box system. Um, my original news point before today was going to be that EA had come out and said that they had taken beta feedback and had taken out a lot of the more pay-to-win star card items that were in the loot boxes for the game out of the, the pay pool. So you could only get those by playing the game, which was great news to hear. However, um, today being the first day people actually got to sink their teeth in, we had something kind of crazy happen today on the internet. If you've been on the (laughs) internet, you've been near Reddit today, (laughs) something crazy happened. Um, Basically, a guy went on the uh, Battlefront 2's um, subreddit on Reddit and simply made a comment, and I've got it right here, that was, I paid, you're telling me I paid $80 for this game. I don't know why he played 80 because I imagine I would only play 60 but I don't know. He paid $80 for the game. DLC. DLC, yeah, probably, something like that. Paid $80 for the game, and I can't even play Darth Vader right now. And the complaint mm-hmm. was some of the heroes were locked from the get-go, and they weren't just locked where you can unlock them. I mean, we all live in a modern uh 
video game era where, you know, you play and you unlock guns and other abilities. That's kind of part of the fun. But it was calculating out to be if you didn't buy loot boxes to help boost you to get closer to these Luke Skywalkers and Darth Vaders, I think were the two specific that cost so much to get if in-game currency, that it was looking to be 40 hours of grind just to unlock one, which is like getting a whole other job just to get to play something that you've already paid for, which is a little bit crappy. Um, it's like playing through the Call of Duty campaign five times. Yeah, five times, and nobody wants to do that. One time through most Call of Duty campaigns is enough. That's and uh, so 40 hours is ridiculous. And so that that is not great to hear. But what really got interesting was EA actually responded to the oh, comment. They made it so much worse and, by commenting. And they did. More or less, the, the, the yeah, and, and whoever this PR guy is, I feel for them because they're just trying to do their job. And like somebody's told them what to say because they had a bad day because they got the most... Um, down votes on reddit in history as of recording this right now it's about 9 30 uh on uh november 13th and it was sitting at uh negative 550,000 dislikes down votes whatever you want to call them and uh basically what they responded to was saying that they had taken beta feedback and they had set daily credit limits according to that and they want people to feel a pride in what they had worked towards unlocking which again it just sounds like a lot of jargon to say we want you to spend money on our loot boxes so you can get what you really want to play i mean everybody knows that if you're going to play a star wars game and you're going to play a a sith bad guy you got the uh, option between darth maul Kylo Ren and Darth Vader, we all know who the the best of that is, is Darth Vader. Who doesn't want to play as Darth Vader? And so anyways, that has uh, been the news today. It, it did happen this later this afternoon. EA came out and said that they had uh, obviously responded. I don't know how you don't, because I was looking this up. I think the most downvoted comment before this happened was like negative 70,000. So, I mean, this just blew it out of the water. I mean, half oh, yeah, of when I saw it When I saw it this morning, it was already at 200,000 downvotes and i thought that was insane and now it's gotten up to i mean it's half a million people that are like this is stupid and i don't like this and or you... just one person who's really ticked off or just one person who's a <laughs> hacker mr robot it, got know, really I mean, upset it is the internet anything like that is possible it's true uh i will say this though ea has responded and they have slashed that um amount of credits for for vader and let's uh skywalker about 75 percent um, which is it too is, little too late because they've already kind of set a precedence yeah exactly and you know polygon uh is a gaming website I, I look at some and i didn't get to read the article but i think the title said enough i, I was looking on their front page and they had an opinion piece that basically said ea is destroying fans trust in battlefront 2 and i agree because i have been pretty excited about this game but I, i'm probably not buying it right now um if mm. if even at because this is just ridiculous this is the new greedy policy of making games and making them into these casinos that you pay money to win. And that's stupid. Mm-hmm. What's crazy too about this whole, and I'll, I'll try to link it to, um, uh, in the show notes down below in the description. Uh, but like, even now, like if you go to it, they've like read it, they've locked it. Nobody else can comment on it because it just got so out of hand. Yeah. So I don't know if that keeps people from downvoting though. The comment is now up to five. Yeah. 555,000 down votes. Yeah. So. So yeah, EA man, worst co- co- uh worst company in the world. <laughs> A lot of it's, people would say it's 
it's yeah a lot of a lot of gamers would say that and you know we've mentioned it before that i think we mentioned it the last podcast we were talking about this stuff how like ea especially has got to be real careful because this is a good way to burn to burn their their uh their fans and stuff so yep. uh moving on to some other interesting news from this past week other uh, companies disney trying moves, to take over the world <laughs> disney moves to try to take over the world with their world domination plan <laughs> it's not really that crazy so in light of all some all crazy news going on in you know on the internet these days uh disney it came out that disney was talking to fox about potentially buying 21st century fox um i think in doing some some looking into it uh what the actual what it actually is is fox is is talking about wanting to try to focus more on news and sports and stuff like that so i think they're wanting to get away from uh the other entertainment stuff so they're uh i think disney i don't know if disney is looking to buy all of uh 21st century fox or if they're just looking just to buy certain assets so yeah, so a lot of people think they're probably especially looking at trying to get the X-Men and the Fantastic Four rights back from them. Um, so a lot of people are excited. Uh, the news has been like really, you know, a lot, a lot of information. There's been talks of about how the negotiations have stopped, that they've just been paused, that they're back on. Um, the last thing I saw was it's still potentially something that they're in negotiations with. With, but that's all we know. We don't know the details, so we we yeah. assume because it's Disney that they're wanting to try to get um, some of Marvel's rights back. Um, but we really won't know until something actually comes out of it. So, but it's really interesting to think about. And while I would it would I would love to see some X Men in uh, the Marvel universe. I think it, I'd love to see what Disney could do with some X Men. Um, I don't know if I like that. I think I think some of these other studios having some of these rights, it, it's good because it causes more competition. I don't know if I won't necessarily want everything to be back on the table, but at the same time, I kind of do want to see it because yeah. I'd love to see some X Men in like an Avengers movie or something. So, um, another thing that Disney announced, uh, in my opinion, this shows how confident they are that Star Wars: The Last Jedi is going to be amazing because they have announced that they're doing going to do a new trilogy, a new Star Wars trilogy outside, separate from the uh, the numbered trilogy, with uh, Ryan Johnson kind of taking the lead of that. He's the director of The Last Jedi, so I think you know for them to announce this before this before the new movie even came out it's i think they're pretty confident or at least they think it's good enough for them to come out and say oh yeah this guy who did this one we've got him set up he's going to do his own trilogy and be kind of oversee all of that he's going to direct the first one uh he may end up directing the others we'll just see he may he may kind of do what george lucas did with the original where he directs the first and just kind of oversees the other two um, but this will be a completely new story away from the Skywalker family, away from the things that we've seen in the Star Wars universe so far. So what that could look like could be a lot of different things. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm more interested in how bold Disney has been with uh, announcing this before their new movie even comes out. So kind of makes me even more excited about The Last Jedi. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. I haven't really processed it, but like them just saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna kick off another trilogy right after this one." I don't know. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. talking we- after talking about EA and greed and everything else. And listen, I love Star oh, yeah. Wars, but I I don't want them to run it into the ground and make it something that's like. Um, and I'd say this 
liking a lot of the Marvel movies, but I don't want to see Star Wars become Marvel movies where we're getting another Star Wars movie, two or three of them every year. And, you know, it's this continuum and everything else. And that, that worries me. Right. A bit, but maybe we can and have we've, a And we've talked about, about doing, we've talked about doing an entire episode, just talking about Star Wars and some of these topics. So if you're interested in that, let us know. And we uh, may roll that out for y'all. Um, yeah. So that's our uh, Disney tries to take over the world news. Yes. Last thing in news, um, real quick, evidently Amazon, the Warner Brothers and the Tolkien estate are in talks, evidently pretty late in the game talks of bringing Lord of the Rings to a television show. Now, we don't know exactly what that looks like, if that's, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings. The only thing I've been able to really pin down on it is that the Tolkien estate's on board, which is a great sign. Um, evidently, Jeff I never can say his last name right. Bezo or Bezo or Amazon guy. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I, is Bebezo? I don't know. Anyways, Jeff from Amazon has evidently had to like step in and talk to these guys, but it looks like it's good. Like Jared from Subway. Yeah, Sorry. I like Jared from Subway. Um, but these guys, uh, from what I can say, is because of the success of Game of Thrones, they want to see a Lord of the Rings you know, caliber television show with that. Now, being a big Tolkien fan, I actually think this could be really good um, because we've been watching, me and Angela have been watching the extended edition of The Lord of the Rings over the last few weeks. And I mean, those movies are long. I mean, they're like three, four hours a piece and there's still a lot of stuff that they left out of the book. So this could possibly be good for it. Um, I hope they do it right. Um, and having the Tolkien estate on board means I don't, I don't think they're going to screw anything up, but it'll be interesting to see what that is. I'm excited for that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't know if that's going to be a TV version of the yeah of the know, Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings. Um, I was just looked it up. Uh, only as of recording this three hours ago, CNN posted an article talking about it, and they say the t- television series will take place before the 2001 featured films, The Fellowship of the Ring. So sounds like it's going to be then in the uh, Middle Earth world, and but maybe not the actual lord of the rings story or maybe they're going to do something before and then lead into it yeah i think it may in my personal opinion i think it may be a little too soon because those films are so good to be redoing them but i mean i'm not against them trying and you know giving it a shot and doing some stories in that world so i'm curious to see as more details start to come out but it doesn't look like when you got there i know this doesn't seem like it was that long ago but the return of the king came out in 2003 if that gives you an idea they can't i mean yeah. some of these movies are like 16 years old and they, they're great but mm-hmm. i would like to see a new adaptation i think um and i think a long be interesting would be better i think with the success of shows like game of thrones um and even going as far as shows like vikings and some of these other style shows i think we're in a day and age where realistically something of that scale can be done through one of these services well while at the time that those movies came out it wouldn't have worked but now you know i love watching the extended editions of lord of the rings but it's so long i actually would love to maybe see that that amount of detail and that amount of storytelling put into a series where it's more spread out like like these shows I was just referencing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm totally down with it. I And, you know, some of Amazon's other stuff, that the original stuff they've done, like Man of the High Castle and stuff like that, has been real good. So um, I'm really excited to see what they do with that. Should be good. I, I'm excited as well. Mm-hmm. Guys, once upon a time, there was a game that took <laughs> video games from being 
lame to something that we all love today. And that game was... Pong. Not Pong. <laughs> Just kidding. It's funny you Pong. say that. I saw like a really cheap like Atari plug in the TV, all these games. And I got to admit, before Super Mario Brothers, like video games were kind of lame. And uh, hey, now Pac-Man was awesome. cool. Pac-Man was okay, but I so I don't know about you guys. But I remember NES playing Super Mario Brothers, being amazed. I remember playing Super Mario Brothers three. I think is that like the masterpiece one where it's like all a stage? Am I right about that? Uh, that yeah, is, that's that is three. Super. That, that's one of the. I, it gets confusing because there's all the different there's there's all the different Super Mario world and land yeah and exactly just mario bro it's really confusing but yes the one that starts out the one where you and you have raccoon tail and you can fly right masterpiece, that's when you're referencing yeah. masterpiece yeah, i think yeah. that's super mario world 3 i think you're right and that was on the nes which still kind of blows my mind because it was really cool but i guess I, I guess we're talking about the newest mario game mario odyssey today and i think to start it off you know, if there's ever been a mascot for video games, period, it has been Mario, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, I mean, Microsoft has got Master Chief, and Sega had Sonic. So- Sega, Sonic for a season may have been the closest thing that ever got to being what Mario is. But I think Mario for a lot of people was one of their first or if not their first video game they ever played, especially our generation. Um, mm-hmm. So my question to start us off with is... Uh, what is uh, y'all's favorite Mario memory game moment? Um, Angela, do you want to start us off? Because you you love Mario. Yeah, I can start us off. Um, Mario is actually what got me into video gaming. Period. Um, my cousin, I was not. His name was Andy, and growing up, he was. I looked up to him so much, but he got me into it. My dad bought me a 64 and we started playing and we went through this, they can visit and we would like stay up way past our bedtimes. Like I remember back whenever like my uncle would come in to check and see if we were asleep and we'd turn the TV screen off, but leave like (laughs) the 64 on and he didn't notice the red light. So, you know, we got away with it, but I still have my game. Andy passed away when we were, um, when I was in fifth grade and he, but I still have our game like saved that we beat together. So that really got me into gaming. So is that your favorite mm-hmm. Mario memory then? Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty special. Um, who wants to go yeah, next? Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm trying to think of mine. Uh, I, I will say I just looked it up. It I was it it was just Super Mario Brothers three is the one that we were just referencing. Awesome. Um, like like I said, it gets confusing because there's worlds and lands and all that. Oh man, the first memory I have of Mario is I can remember playing the like original Super Mario Brothers where you were just on the single level with the different stacks with the pal thing in the middle and you literally were just jumping over each other and trying to like get i assume get the other person killed that's what i always thought the goal was <laughs> I don't know. um and of course being the younger brother i am i always played as green mario which later would become luigi which is why to this day luigi's got a special part special special place in my heart as being a little brother and always having to play as player two um but uh, I do I do have to say it's Super Mario Brothers three with the 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 raccoon tail and just the colors and the it being in like this really crazy backdrop I I, I remember that one and just absolutely loving that one um, and whichever one was the first one where you could r- ride Yoshi because Yoshi's awesome I think that I was that. I think that was um, Super Mario World which was like the first one on the Super NES and that those two I okay. get mixed up because. You know, Super Mario Land, 
Brothers 3, whichever one we were talking about, the Raccoon Tales first show up, like the graphics of that does not look like an NES game, but it is an NES game. Right. Uh, which yeah. speaks volumes. Even to Nintendo way back then, the, them being able to take something that doesn't have quite as much power and make mm-hmm. use of every single ounce of it. Um, yeah. For me, guys. You're right. You're right. It's Super Mario World because the cover's got yeah. him with the cape riding Yoshi yeah. and it's everything I love. So I take yeah. it back. That's my favorite one yeah. is the first Super Mario World. I understand. Game. I think for me, it's probably Super Mario 64. I remember playing the Mario games. I remember them being great and loving them. But, man, do you guys... I don't know if y'all remember that very first level of Super Mario 64 and you get, like, the flying cap and you get in the cannon and you go flying around. That blew my mind. Um, It Mm -hmm. was just so revolutionary and and so unique and so cool and um, so you know, defi- defining of that whole console generation, making a jump from 2D to 3D. And uh, man, I don't know, that that's just got a special place in my heart, Mario 64 especially. Tommy, what about I, you, man? So I'm going to break the mold a little bit because I think my fondest memories are actually with Mario Party. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Mario, that's a good Fondest point. memory or like not fond memories, like friendships ending, is, is that what you meant to say? <laughs> Definitely lots of uh, angry words being thrown around, <laughs> some backstabbing. Uh, I play it by myself, but man, it was so good. I didn't have friends back then. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that right there says it all, Angela. Oh. <laughs> it, is, it is crazy. Mario has all these other games that are so good. Like, I don't think I've cussed more in my life than at Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> like, I don't think I get more infuriated than anything but Mario Kart, but I love Mario Kart. Um, Mario Party. Hey, Tommy, I don't know if you know this. I just read this. A new Mario Party game just came out for the 3DS called The 100, and they went back through every Mario Party game ever and took the top 100 mini games they ever made. And it's a game that's just those mini games. Like it's it's cut down on the board game side of it a lot, where it's just you're jumping into mini games and seeing who's doing the best. Um, okay, that's awesome. I did not know about that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I heard something about, about this. I'm looking at it. It looks awesome. Yeah, it, it just released, I think, and I think it's on the 3DS. That's why I was confused. I got an email mm. from Nintendo because we just bought a Switch, and you know, I signed up for their newsletter and everything else, and it was talking about. It, and I was like, well, this sounds like an awesome Switch game, but it's not a Switch game. It's a 3DS game, which is really cool. But I hope they bring it over to Switch because I think a Mario Party on the Switch would be awesome. Especially with the Joy Cons, you could just bring two of them and play together. Probably yeah, exactly. And have four people. Well, guys, with all those wonderful Mario mem- memories, we have been all playing Mario Odyssey. Uh, I'm at 123 moons, feeling good. Um, <laughs> Angela, how many moons you got? How can I tell where I, think I am? You can right hit now. like select and see. No, it's like last time I checked, it was like 175 or 180. Yeah, not 400, right? No, not 400. I said 399. <laughs> uh, Tommy, Matt, where do you guys sit at moon wise right now? Um, I'll have to. Pull my game up real quick and check, because uh, I'm not sure. I haven't yeah. played today. Uh, I don't know how to check my moon. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was gonna be complicated. I just, I, I just remembered. And and for while they're checking, for you guys who don't know, Mario Odyssey, new Mario game, very much in line with Mario 64, which is one of the reasons I've been enjoying it so much, as well as maybe Mario Sunshine, which was a GameCube game that was really fun. Uh, kind of in that vein of it. And, you know, in Mario 64, which almost everyone's, a lot of people have played. I don't want to say everyone. If you've not, it's a great game. I don't think it's aged super well, but it was really great at the time. Actually, you know, 
it, it has aged really well. Yeah. Really? That's good uh, yeah. to hear. I played it a few What has? Sorry, ago. which game were we talking about? Uh, Mario, Mario 64. 64. But I was saying that oh, yeah, you, yeah. you're collecting stars in Mario 64. Um, mm-hmm. and in the new Mario Odyssey game, uh, similar vibe, but you're collecting what's called Power Moons. Um, and unlike Mario 64 where you had 50, Mario Odyssey has... 800 hidden power moons within the game, which is crazy to think oh, about. 800? 800, and then you yeah. can uh, actually get an uh, additional 199 through buying them in the stores and through a few other additional things. So you can actually get up to 999 power moons in this game, which is wild. Um, it's funny, I saw a comic of it, like somebody <sighs> drew of Bowser uh, saying, ha, he'll never catch us. Do you remember how long it took him to get 50 stars in last time? And then he's going and it's there's like a power moon under a tree. Or there's like one of these <laughs> which is fun. it's so different from other games because power yeah. moons are some of them are really easy to find, but that's it's also really satisfying if you just do something simple and you're like, ha ha, yeah, there's a moon right there. Uh, so I have. Stars. I have 140. 140. Um, and I also just discovered while trying to jump up into the the jump up to see what is because it, it shows the number on top of your blimp of your little ship thing that you travel around on. I just discovered that the back pipes of your ship that like I was standing on it, and if you if you hit down, you'll actually go into the pipe of your ship like a <laughs> like a warp thing, and it'll put you inside the ship. I just did that on accident. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And I, that's why I was like, what? That's amazing. Well, let's, so, let's use that for a segue. Tommy, do you, do you know your moon count by chance? Uh, I am running back to my ship as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> you can warp, Tommy. You can warp. Hit, hit what? plus. Yeah, you, warp you, to can, your ship. you can pick a... And let's talk... Let's, that is not on my map, sir. <laughs> uh, never let mind. Me, you might not have unlocked that yet. Yeah. I don't remember. Let me make that mention, too, before we dive I in. I have five moons. Five moons. Yeah. Five. Yay. Um, and Sorry. shout out to whoever the friend was that loaned their Switch so Tommy Andy, could Andy, which... Uh, I was really sad. He actually walked in here. He came by, um, and he actually dropped me off a really awesome early Christmas gift, and he walked in here a couple minutes ago, and... I was hoping he could stay because I was going to have him be a surprise guest. But, yeah, that would uh, have been great. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, yeah. Well, Maybe thanks, Andy, for letting you play. Guys, I want to talk about what just what we like about Mario Odyssey to start off with. And I'm going to go ahead and dive in since you guys are all playing right now. And I don't have the switch in my hand to play because my wife is playing. Don't be salty. <laughs> I just discovered I can prop it up against my computer screen. So, uh, yeah. First um, time I'm using the little back little... Hmm, Whoa, what is this with the coins that are rolled up and they're bouncing away? (laughs) What? That is called make Angela. You gotta chase it down. Yeah, you have to chase it down. My favorite thing about my favorite thing about Mario Odyssey, guys, and you guys probably I I don't know if y'all catch this, it is this interesting balance to me of nostalgia and newness. And I love it. Like for instance, um, I love that we're hunting down power moons. I love that the game is just a treasure hunt, really. I mean, that is the game, is you're going to these crazy places and you're looking for secrets and there's a sense of discovery and what all the secret that? stuff. Uh, like, yeah, Tommy's, <laughs> Tommy's finding... Did you find the T-Rex? I'm assuming you just found the T-Rex. No, no, I, I found the T-Rex a while ago, but I'm, there's like a huge bird that just flew by and I'm just like, how can I get up there to capture it? <laughs> Where are you? Desert world? 
Uh, yeah, but, Desmond yeah. Arnold's awesome. But I think, I think that that's probably been my favorite thing to sum it up is that you have this feel of like a Super Mario 64, but like in that game, they had different worlds, but as soon as you got a star, it kicked you out of the world. I love that you get a power moon here and it's very much like an open world Mario game to some degree that you can just keep playing. You can go find something else you like. You can go get another moon. You can, uh, you know, just run around some more. I don't... I. Guys, I've not played a platformer game in years. I've not played a really a Mario game in years. And it's just been so refreshing and fun to just have the joy of just jumping around and finding things and laughing. And, oh, man, it's just been great. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. What, what about you guys? What are your initial thoughts about Mario Odyssey? My initial thought is the same thing I had when I played breath of the wild is this is a game that's good enough to buy a switch like it's it's you know when the switch first came out a lot of people were like yeah zelda's so good you should just buy a switch for it and a lot of people were wondering when we're thinking mario was going to be as good and I, i i'm the same way with drew i think like just it's just fun it's simple there's a lot of easy stuff that's really satisfying and rewarding but there's also a lot of really challenging things to do and challenging moons to get and like there's all kinds of like i wouldn't say hidden command uh hidden mechanics but there kind of is because like there's some things they'll tell you if it's something you really need to know, but there's a lot of little things that you may not find out. So, like, one of them is you could always jump up in Mario, these 3D Mario games, and, like, hit something to do a ground pound. But now if you jump up and you start to do the ground pound but hit Y or X, you'll actually, like, jump forward really far. Yep. And, like, so there's all these, like, different moves that Mario can do that you might not know how to know about and stuff. And it makes it really interesting because I'm always, like, there's there's all kinds of things that make me go, I wonder if I can get up there. And I find myself sitting here for, like, five, ten minutes trying to do all this weird different combinations of jumps to see how far, if I could get to some crazy place or whatnot. And it's just... I'm having fun just trying to jump up to get a single coin. That's really not going to make a big difference, but it's fun because the it makes a difference really good. Now. Yeah. So, and I, and I just, I really enjoy that. Um, ah, I don't even know the, the cap, the, the cap having, having something to be able to like throw as an attack is satisfying. Um, and uh, the just capture mechanic at all in general just seeing what kind of things you can capture is really just fun yeah being able to capture bullet bill right now yeah yeah that was really cool you know i like the capture mechanic because it felt like it was able to add so much depth to the game without adding a bazillion different like various power-ups because the last mario game we played was one that was on the wii u i think it's called super mario land 3d and one of its abilities <laughs> was like a cat suit which was just like i was just like this is so stupid it's a freaking cat like whatever else and yet this it's the same thing now but it's so much more fun to you throw your hat instead of putting on a weird onesie yeah yeah now i'm, I'm with you um i think Let's see. I like so much about it. Like, if it tells you anything, I go to bed, like, I fall asleep at, like, 9 o'clock every night. And I've been staying up late, like, wanting to stay up past Drew the last few nights. Like, he's like, all right, let's go to bed. And I'm like, 
just one more level. The most tense thing in our marriage here the last few days is who gets to play the Switch. Well, okay, it just brings back a lot of memories for me. Like I said, this is what like sparked my love for gaming, and like the love for gaming is strong, guys. So like. How many coins do you have right now? I'm just curious. Just regular coins. Regular coins, three thousand four hundred and thirty-one. Yep. Um, but like, I've got four thousand. I when, win. Well, that's because I'm buying all the all the outfits, Matt. All I the outfits. Too. What do you What do you think about the outfits, Angela? Explain that to folks who don't. I love play the outfits game. just because I'm. It's just fun. What are like, they? Though? They're every different level you go to. You get different outfits. They're like usually themed for that level. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but it's okay. Um, like there's one level that. Is nothing to do with clowns, but you get a clown outfit, which I don't really like clowns. So. That was a really creepy outfit, by it the is. way. Anything with clowns is creepy. But, um, no, it's good. I just really, it just brings back a lot of memories. But, no, the outfits, like, there's one, there's a pirate outfit. Um, That's my favorite one. Yes. <laughs> it's really good. How did I know yeah. that, Matt? Shocking, um, right? But, no, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. It brings back memories, like I said, when I was little. I remember sitting in my room for hours. Like I remember at Christmas every year we'd get new games. Like I remember when Mario Sunshine came out and I remember when Super Mario 64 came out and they got to the point where my family would like make me come out of my room like every hour to go Mm -hmm. do something outside of my room or I would sit in my room and play all day. Like I got a jawbreaker one year, my first jawbreaker and I literally like consumed that entire jawbreaker not in one sitting i'd put it in a like, ziploc bag but like i consumed <laughs> that entire gross. jawbreaker it's totally a kid thing to do <laughs> let me save this candy for Being later super mario 64 yeah i just i don't know why that just came back to me but yeah it just brings back a lot of fun memories it is very nostalgic tommy what about you man you you've probably had the least amount of time with it but you're diving in a little bit what do you think uh i actually love it and i think the last time i loved a mario game I mean, I think Mario Party has always been my jam. Uh, I don't think there's ever been one that I've... There's more, you know, there's ones that you like more, but there's never been one that you're like, that was awful. But I think the last (laughs) true Mario game I've enjoyed was Mario 64. Yeah. Um, But I got to say, this has been... This is a great one. Um, It feels like 64. Like, it feels like... That team, and they're, I mean, it's not that team, but that team, like, made a modern version of 64. That's what it feels yeah. like to me. With, it, like, it, it's encapsulated, like, the, all of the best parts of all the Mario games. And I didn't really care for Mario Galaxy. I thought the, the 3D was a little, um, it was a little much for me. Um, uh, you know, one of the, one of, and <clears throat> this can even be a little bit of a criticism to Mario Odyssey, you know, 3D platformers, one of the things that either makes or breaks it is the camera because it's hard to be able to see where you're jumping and doing if you can throw the camera. And I think the camera system works pretty well in this one, but it's still not mm. it's still not perfect. But um, I, I'm going to attribute part of that to the Joy-Con too, though. Really? Yeah, they're they're. It might be better with a pro controller. Yeah, I've, I've which heard... I've got a pro controller here that Andy lent me, but I haven't I haven't plugged it in or like haven't turned it on. I will say this, Tommy, you should totally hook it into a TV if you get a chance to. It's super I fun know, to yeah. play in portable mode, but man, this game is gorgeous, guys. Like I I I've been playing on my TV the last little bit this uh, afternoon when I got back, and my, it it looks like it should be running on something a lot more powerful than this Nintendo switch. And that's a testament mm-hmm. to the developers and Nintendo. They're always able to do that. They're always, I mean, breath of the wild is another example. Like there's such textures and depths and colors and everything they're doing that 
I I've seen I don't think I've seen a game do on an Xbox One or a PS4 or a, a PC for that matter to some degrees like and and some of that's just the creativity and them using every ounce of what they've got and I think it goes back to the artistry of being able to use what they have to make something really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nintendo especially this generation is really good at squeezing out maybe not the greatest most advanced looking graphics ever but taking what they have and just making the simplest things just look gorgeous and incredible and it, it's pro- it's proven with breath of the wild it's proven with this they're both just good looking games that are just great like the graphics are really great in this and yeah, yeah i think that's a good thing to add on to it it looks. It just looks great on television. It looks and, great in handheld mode too. But go ahead. I play ninety ah. percent of the time in handheld, but honestly, that's kind of me in general. Like, I just really like the handheld mode. Um, but uh, the first, actually, the first time I played it in TV mode was at Drew's house. I, I've had I had it for about a week, and I took my Switch and dock to Drew's house so they could play, and I put it on the TV so both of them could see it. And I was just thinking. Man, this looks great on the TV too. I need to start playing it more on TV mode because it just looks really, really good, and all the worlds are really, really unique. Some more than others, I think. Um, you know, I haven't beaten the game, so I haven't seen all the worlds, but I definitely there's been some worlds that feel bigger and feel more um, alive and luscious than others. While other others I go to once, and after I kind of get to the point of going somewhere else i'm like yeah i don't think i'm going to come back to to this world there's other ones i think i definitely like better that sand level like the first real big level you get to is freaking huge yeah so sand sand the sand world is the first like you'll have an introduction uh, introduction level and then you'll have sand the sand world which is honestly one of my favorites because it's really big and it's really open so you can kind of just look around and see things and be like what's that way over there i'm gonna go find out i like the jacks there i like the little mariachi um mariachi skeleton thingies yeah yeah like day of the dead mariachis guys and i guess that may be the premise is that like you're leaving the mushroom kingdom and we're getting to see one of the things i've really liked is all these other kingdoms you go to have like residents of the kingdom they feel alive and they feel alive and they're so freaking fun like um Angela just got to some right. food-themed uh, kingdom, and like the little people oh, yeah. were little forks, and it was adorable. And I'm at some beach level where the people are like snails. Um, and I know this is little, but can I just say I really appreciate the fact that when fighting Bowser in this first, oh, this may be a spoiler. Can I say this? Spoilers. I don't know. I mean, it I don't depends. think fighting Bowser is a spoiler for anyone who's I mean, played a it's Mario not game. like a thing where it's like you know, a twist in the story. It's just in the in the actual battle mechanic. I just like the most frustrating thing ever to me on Super Mario 64 was whenever you fight so hard to beat Bowser and then you can't even do it because you have to like, you'll grab oh, him and then you have to go up in this fight. Spinning him around. Yeah. This, well, this one, that you, don't have, you don't have to do the spikes. Like there are not <laughs> specific points that you have to hit him into. Yet. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and Nintendo, if I get to this next battle with him and you bring that back, I'm going to be very sad. I'll still love it, but I'm going to be very, very sad <laughs> and frustrated. Yeah. Mostly frustrated. I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard the like last... I don't know if it's the last world or just like maybe the last fight with Bowser 
is pretty challenging because like this game isn't hard like like i said yeah. there's definitely moons and different challenges that especially once you beat the world because when you come to a world the whole purpose of it is you're you're building getting the moons because it's like your fuel so you can get to other places the chase down bowser who of course has kidnapped um princess peach and so when you go to a world, you have to get like eight moons and they give you a point where you're like, go to this point because you're going to fight a little mini boss to get a moon. And by the time you get there, usually you have the moons you need to go on. But after you beat the world, the world opens up and like so much more opens up. And so there's even more like side mini bosses and stuff. And some can be challenging, but overall the game's not really hard. Yeah. But I'm curious to see because I've heard something about how the last I don't know like I said, I don't know if it's the last world or just Bowser is significantly more challenging than the rest of the game. I'll say I'm this. Okay the last like two levels I've gotten to, like after New Donk City, have gotten substantially harder than mm. the ones before. Yeah, I, okay I agree. That. The game is not hard. It is it is Easy to understand and hard to master because it's just Mario has a set of moves. And it's like you said, Matt, like there's kind of, you got your simple jump, but then there's like six or seven different ways to do a jump and do a high jump. And now you've, I don't know if you guys know, you can like throw Cappy out and have them stay there and then run towards them or jump towards them. And he'll give you an extra jump, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I did not know this that. is. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is my only gripe with the game. I think like, I love it. I'd probably give it a 10 out of 10. But my only gripe with the game is Nintendo's stubbornness on wanting to keep motion control such a thing. Yeah. Because there's all these moves that you can do, especially with Cappy, the hat you throw. Um, But there's like certain ones that are like made to be for the motion controls. And like they're really useful. But if you're not playing in like handheld mode uh, or like with the two Joy-Cons, it's almost impossible to do. Like so one of them is... I don't even know how you do it with the Joy-Cons. Do you, like, twist your wrist or flick your wrist or something and you'll throw Cappy in a circle? You just spin yourself. You can do it. You you can do it without doing it. You've got to get Mario spin around. But, like, sometimes if I'm in a fight and I'm like, oh, I'd love to be able to do that, and I'm trying to get Mario to spin, and I'm like, Mario, spin so you can throw the freaking hat, and then it won't work. And I'm just like, man, that'd be great if that was just, like, a button. Yeah. But there's another one where you throw Cappy straight up in the air that you can't do without motion controls. You yeah. you have to, like, flick your, your controller straight up to do it. And I haven't ran into it at a time where that was really needed, but... Um, I feel like there will, and it's going to be annoying because I like there's all like there's these all these buttons that don't necessarily do anything that I would like. Yeah. It'd just be nice it, if if X did that or something like that. Yeah, I agree with that. I um the circle one around is is you can do it. You can throw your cap around you in a circle, which is really great for a lot of different things. Um, you flick your both of your wrists at the same time, or if you're holding your console, you turn it sharply at once to the left. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could see Angela like demonstrating this right now yeah. in front of me. But it, it is. It oh, yeah. does, it does I know it's not that weird, yeah. but like in the middle of like a fight or something, oh, yeah. it's like I don't want to have to think about. Wait, yeah. how do I do that again? No, and exactly, it doesn't feel natural. It, and maybe I'm just an old fart. But I give you an update. Um, currently at 211 moons. Good job. I think I'm with you. I think they intended you to play with a Joy-Con in each hand. Because mm-hmm. there are certain moves that you can do so much faster with the motion controls. Now, it doesn't really, it doesn't really add anything to the game, 
but it it I wish you could have just like hot mapped that that circle ability is really the only one I can think of to like one of the abilities or made it where you could just do it a little quicker. I don't know how, um, but I agree yeah. with you. That's probably my one of my gripes as well is that like. And listen, I, I know I was reading a story about Nintendo developing this and the whole idea they got around Cappy. And if you don't know the story, that the basic premise is every Mario game. Again, Princess Peach has been stolen. You have to go back and get her. Um, all along the way, you make friends with this ghost-looking hat named Cappy uh, who becomes your hat. And then you can throw it at other things and control them. Capture them, as Nintendo says, though. It's more <laughs> like possessing them. Um, but... That, uh, it, you know, Nintendo said that the whole idea came around them asking the question, what would be the most fun to do? And I think when they maybe were developing the Switch along some way, they uh, they um, they were wanting to implement motion control more. And they said, man, what's one of the funnest things we can do would be like flicking your wrist to throw your hat, which does sound like fun. I get that. And I think maybe that's just a, a holdover from the initial idea um mm-hmm. if that makes sense because there was rumors that mario odyssey has been ready to go since earlier this year even before breath oh of the no Wild. it's it's been ready since the beginning of the switch's life cycle um they've just been i mean it's brilliant if on from a marketing standpoint it's brilliant to have these two like game changing games and to go okay one of these we're gonna launch with with the game and zelda has pro- been in probably development longer or at least they've shown more about breath of the wild so it's like let's let's roll out breath of the wild if it's successful which it was and they'll will sell a lot of consoles and they did they sold a ton of consoles and now we're about to have the holiday season and a a month before the holiday season really kicks up they roll out another worth buying a console game and so now coming into the season if you haven't got a switch Yep. There's two games that are like game-changing games on it, and yeah. so it's really, really smart. It's kind of crazy to think about, but I think it paid off for them. No, I agree. Nintendo's doing great this year. I mean, yeah, they're killing I, it, man. Switch I've is awesome. Seen, I don't think I've seen two games like Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild get as many high scores from multitude of gaming journalists and review sites ever um, as I have these games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just really fun. I, I just love Mario. I like this game because I can pick it up and play for 30 minutes and then put it down. Um, and, and, or I can sit and play for hours, but like, I just, it's, it's just a treasure hunt, but I love it. But my favorite moment so far, there's a level called new donk city, which is basically where donkey Kong, like the original donkey Kong took place is kind of the idea behind it. And, uh, they, they did a lot of advertising about it. You probably saw it because it's unlike anything Mario's seen to this point. We've got, it looks like New York City and there are actual real people walking around, which brings a whole question of what is Mario if he's yeah, not It raises movie. so many questions. There's a, lot, there's a lot of questions. I'm not asking it because it's a lot of fun level. But um, I, just got, I just got through that part and you end up at the celebration at it and i'm so glad you got to that yeah that was was the last thing i've done in the game and it was my favorite part and the reason it's my favorite part and this is probably on the top of my list uh and it goes back to what i said beginning of this is this game is great because it brings nostalgia and newness into one thing which is it's got to be hard to do from like a development standpoint but my favorite thing they did is you know this is one of the first real 3d mario games in years they they had a big push back to 2d games for the longest time they've had some really great 2d games 
uh, come out that I've played and uh, had friends play, but um, they have these 2D levels built into Mario. You'll see like a pixelated pipe in Super Mario Odyssey and you go into it and then you play on an actual wall in the level or something and it's it's like 8-bit original Super Mario Brothers and it's got like the soundtrack goes from whatever the regular soundtrack is to an 8-bit version of that and it's just amazing. It's so much fun. That's probably one of my favorite things. It's such a cool mechanic and it's simple and it's nothing original but like seeing Mario seeing your my Mario character dress as a pirate run through one of these pipes and be going turn into like 2D pixelated Mario still wearing a pirate <laughs> a costume pirate. running through like this like side adventure is awesome and the one that Drew's talking about like is great because it was like a multiple tiered part where you ran through and did this all thing while this like party is going on in the background and I was just running through it like this is amazing. This may be my favorite part of the game, and I'm gonna. Ha- I'm so excited for y'all to play through it. And I was glad you. I mentioned it to you last night, and I. I didn't think you had got there yet because you didn't really know what I was talking about. And so I'm super excited that you got to that part. It, it was and, great because it was awesome. Tommy, have you played any of those 2D parts? Oh, dude, I've I played a couple of them at this point, and I. I think that's my favorite throwback in this game. Yeah, it's mm. such a simple thing. Um, Angela has actually never played. You never <laughs> like the first Mario game you played was sixty four. Yes. So can can I tell them this is this That's okay? Fine. Okay, You're so gonna do it anyway. <laughs> she's in one of these eight bit ones last night, and she's struggling to make a jump. And I'm like, you just have to hold down this other button and then run, and you'll run <laughs> and faster. Sprint. And she's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I've never played a regular Mario game. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. But that's just it. It was this subtle thing, but man, it's just. It's just great. Um, what do you guys... The funny thing is I find myself, after I get done with the 2D part, trying to hold down the button that throws Cappy, which is what made you uh, run faster. And I'm like, why am I not running faster? And I'm like, all right, that that's not a thing that's been in 3D Mario games like the old ones. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. And uh, Tommy, I know you're still kind of just getting into this and experiencing it, but Angela and Matt and, and Tommy, you can even speak to this too to some degree. What makes, because here's the deal, this game is a treasure hunting collectible game. You've got outfits to collect, you've got power moons to collect, you've got every every level has its own currency of like its own type of coins to collect. Um, you've got souvenirs and stickers to collect. Like there's just layer on top of layer on top of layer of collectability. Why... Why does that work so well in this game? At least for me, and maybe it doesn't for y'all, but why does that work so well in this game? But then like other games that do a lot of collectibles, like Assassin's Creed games, I just am like, Ugh, I don't want to even mess with that. What What is making this work? Well, I can't speak for anyone else. I know for me, anything with collectibles is that way. Like Lego games are like... Oh yeah, we can't play Lego games. Yeah, but you're different. You're you're just, you're weird. I think Mario's the reason I'm that way though. Like honestly, because that's the first game I ever played and it was all about... But I will say the one thing I really do miss in this game is the red coin challenges and I miss the blue coins because it was just so satisfying to ground pound one of those like little platform things and have like the five or six blue coins like pop up but i've just always liked collecting things i just i'm super there's there's still elements of that because there's still things where you collect like these little moon coins and you gotta get them all to get the moon and then there's you may have not found one but there's things where you'll jump up on a tree 
and those things will pop up and you'll only have a second to collect yeah, them. Yeah, I've like had that. I just, coins it's just stuff. not the same as ground pounding and having like six of them jump up. and. You know what is satisfying to ground pound though? Those giant red buttons that they start throwing at you in later games. That's, those are satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Matt? What do you think? Or Tommy, why is collect- collecting stuff fun in this one versus other games? Uh, they this is gonna not make sense but they it's they just make it fun like assassin's creed or some of these other games like you do one or two and you're like okay that's just gonna be the same thing but in all of this all the little side things are all pretty much unique there may be similar ones but there's especially with the whole capture mechanic there's like for example there's a there's an entire level that you can capture a zipper yeah. And like unzip parts of the level, <laughs> yeah. like unzip a wall, and the like wall will fall down and unlock a whole another section, and that's just so weird. But it makes it so fun to like capture something and go, okay, well this was put here for a reason. So it's like a little mini puzzle where I have to figure out well, why are there four Goombas here, where I can jump on top of each other with the Goombas. There's got to be something tall that I can't get to unless I collect all these little Goombas or whatnot. And so. All the little side collectibles feel unique, especially for every level, and it just makes it feel real satisfying to try to figure out and to try to find um, one thing, try to find all the things you can capture, because I realized later on that there's like a little book you have that will tell you all the stuff you've captured. Yeah, I just and there's like blanks. There's like blanks, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's things on this level that I could capture that I didn't realize I could capture. I want to know what they are. Yeah, and it just was, makes it fun. That was like the moment I realized that the Hyrule Comparium or whatever it is in Zelda Breath of the Wild, you could take pictures of literally every item in the game to complete. I'm like, oh, oh, no. I did that. I, I had no <laughs> doubt. I also, you know, me having it longer than everybody else, I just discovered that if you click down on the, I'm going to call the D-pad, even though it's not a D-pad, you pull up a camera app. Yeah, so and you I can put filters out. on it. Yeah, I found and that I'm out. Like, wigging out at this oh there's like a pixel yeah. like an 8-bit yeah, that's one. What I, I found that out day one there's there's a photo mode in it built into it that has a lot of filters including like an nes filter and a super nes like filter and a bokeh like back blur and yeah stuff. they have a fisheye lid. how did i not know about this i don't know but it's it's I just found oh, it the first sure. day. It's really great. Um, yeah, well, you know, there are hidden, like, secrets everywhere. Like, you'll find little pictures, like, without, in, in the, um, like... Lip- yeah, I found the pictures. I never really figured out what photo. to do with them. You, you can take, take a, a photo of photo. them so that you can have it for later on to be able to find the trick or whatever. Yeah, you have to actually uh. take photos to unlock moons, I think. And that's the thing, like, for instance, I, I read a review. Somebody went through the story, and they ended up with almost 250 moons. But that means that's about a quarter of all the moons in the game. And that's what Hmm. mind blowing is that none of us have gotten to the end of this game yet. But as soon as you do, it opens up even more. And I think the mastery and the difficulty kind of ramps up into this um, treasure hunt that really is kind of satisfying. I'm looking forward to that. I I don't know if you guys have noticed there's these weird like silver boxes on all the levels yeah i don't know that is me me and angela were talking we think it's probably something that unlocks once you beat the main game um probably i i to go back to my original question and and the only thing i can come up with and this is so silly but as soon as you get a moon it's so satisfying like mario doing that little dance thing and be like yeah we did it even if i just walked into one like i found it 
like <laughs> I found it on a cliff and like it's not even that hard to get to. I don't know. It's just so. But I was smart enough to look to see if there was a ledge yeah. on this cliff yeah, that, I, exactly. that you weren't supposed to look down. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's not hard, but it is fun. And I guess maybe that's the best way of putting it. Matt, you nailed it on the head. Like I can't really explain it past that. They make it fun to get moons, even though I've got over a hundred of them already. Like I could go back for the rest of the night and sit around and play that and have a grin on my mm-hmm. face the entire time. It, it also encourages, you know, exploration and stuff because there's lots of places on the level where like, it'll like almost every single, uh, world you visit, like there's something whether it's purple coins or something behind where your ship lands like you spawn and of course you naturally are just going to go straight ahead but like if you take the time and look behind your ship and like what's back there sometimes you'll find like coins or a moon or something else and so it really encourages that like yeah go around explore look in these places that you would normally think you couldn't get to because we may have like secrets there or whatnot yeah tommy what has been or, yeah, go ahead and ask well, Tommy. What I was going to ask Tommy what he thought about the collectability of it. Oh, right, yeah. Like, long-term collectability of the game? Or, or... just, like, collecting things in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, um, does it work for you? Like, is, is yeah, that... Yeah, it no, does. And, and I think the reason it works here and not something like Assassin's Creed, and I'm going to piggyback off of Matt here, is because it's ridiculous and it doesn't take itself seriously. That's true. I mean, I bought a sombrero right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, I love the sombrero. <laughs> Guys, uh, I I, my, I think my favorite outfit in the game is sombrero and poncho Mario. Like, that was my first outfit I bought, and it just makes me so happy. I I didn't know that I wanted a Mario dress-up game until this game. <laughs> but that's, it's so much fun. And do you guys get the tinge? And, and Tommy, you may not have gotten into it enough yet, but do you, like, you go to a new world, and like, for instance, I just left New Donk City, and I went to like this beach-themed world. And so I land, I'm in like a fedora, like a dress fedora, and like a monster <laughs> tux, and immediately I'm like, I have to find the shop and get out of this. Like, I can't be seen in a suit swimming around. So then I go buy like a flip flop straw hat. I actually bought the pirate outfit. That's the one I bought, Matt. Um, yeah. So you know, now that I fit in, do you guys do that too, or is that just me being crazy? Uh, I may have gotten to a snowy level where I was in like a Hawaiian t-shirt and I like didn't have like the find the shop yet, and so like. I put on like this little airplane flight suit and like this straw hat just because I like the straw hat because it reminds me of uh, like it reminds me of a character off an anime called One Piece. I was just saying, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of Luffy from yeah. One Piece, and it just makes me happy. But yeah, like the 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 outfits as as for me because I love I've always loved customizable like stuff for your characters and making your character your own, and it's fun to be able to make Mario you know feel a little more personal by you going i like pirates so i want to run around like a pirate or just being one being like mario's normal outfit's cool and all but man this is super cool that i get to put him in like this awesome fedora or this hard hat or whatever you find or or the poncho the colorful poncho and the sombrero and just be like yeah this is awesome and i think that's a really good addition and i just i just know i can't wait to get in the game and to see what kind of shenanigans you can unlock by beating <laughs> the game because i can imagine there's some if it isn't at the end of the game i can only imagine there's some kind of outfit that you get for either collecting like most of the coins or beating the game and i can't wait to see what it is because i don't think any none of us have gotten there yet and I just know it'll be something really awesome. Yeah, I agree. 
Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be like I don't know. Like maybe you'll be get Luigi's outfit and Wario and like all the other different. I do know Luigi's Mario is siblings. in the game. Um, I don't is know he? how you get it. Yeah, I knew Luigi's out. Luigi's not in the game, but his outfit is. I know that. Oh. Um, I I will say that I'm gonna be a little bummed, and I don't think they're in it. But I would I'm gonna be a little bummed if like no no other characters at least make it an appearance. Yeah. Like Yoshi and Luigi. I don't think they do, but I would like to see that by the end of the game. Maybe maybe because I think this game. Is the first Mario game that has potential to really benefit from DLC. Yeah, um, I can see that. Like the way in the they sense have the of like how set up. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. In a sense of either adding stuff to the world, adding new moons to the world, or even adding entire worlds and outfits and stuff. I totally would buy the DLC for this if it's like we've got three new worlds that are the as si- the same size as the biggest ones with you know seven outfits that fit those worlds. I would be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm totally gonna buy that. Yeah. I never knew that I wanted to fly around in a hat-shaped hot air balloon. I don't like that every time you go to the world, you have to sit there and listen to Cappy explain basic crap to you, (laughs) and you can't skip that part. You just have to sit there and hit A. I think think for us that's annoying because we grew up playing Mario games, so we know all that already. But for someone who's never played a Mario game, I can imagine that's valuable. Holy crap, I can backflip up to higher things? Yeah, but by the time you get to New Donk City, it's like you know how to jump up and do a ground pound by hitting one of the bumpers. And I'm just like, really, really... like you're going to fight Bowser and it's like, well, let's since we got some time. Hey, if you hit Y or X, you throw me. It's like really, Cappy. Is that a thing? Cool. Thanks, bud. What's been your favorite thing you've captured? Oh, that's a good question. I like the the Goombas, but whenever you have to stack them up and go find the girl Goomba, and she's like, ooh, mustache. Ooh la la. Ooh, mustache. She loves the mustache. I like. I just like when you capture things that end up with mustaches on them. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm, my favorite capture. I have a favorite, but I don't want to tell y'all yet because Drew hasn't gotten there. I thought you just said the Goombas was well, your yeah, favorite. There's an, I'll have a lot of favorites. It's Mario. You get one favorite. I guess uh, many favorites you, I want, Matt. You picked yours. It's Goomba. Um, I think I like Bullet Bill the best so far. I, there have been Bullet some other ones cool. that are great. I take I take that back. I think it's the little jumpy fish. From like the, the cheap, cheap. cheap cheaps, those are so much fun just to swim around as and to jump out of the water. I think those are Bullet Bill or be my would be my favorite captures so far. Okay, Tommy, have you found one that you just love? Um, I'm kind of with Drew. I, I really like Bullet Bill thus far. Uh, killed so much by them, it's satisfying to be like, man, this is fun. I understand why it wanted to fly at me and kill me. But I, I do got to say though. Dinosaur, like you got to be a T Rex for the first couple minutes. Like I was so surprised that that was so early in the game. That was when when I mentioned it a couple like last week. I was like, you get an encounter really early on that I was surprised about because he's just chilling and sleeping, and you walk up to him. I'm I'm like, this happens. They're not always so excited. This happens. So I was on the other side of the the house. I was on the other side of the house. I was doing some work, and uh, Rebecca was in the living room playing it. And um, I was editing, and all I hear is, <gasps> and I was just like, "You okay? You dying? What's going on? What's what's <laughs> happening here?" And she runs in. And she's like, "Look what I am!" <laughs> got There's the dinosaur. I'm a T Rex. I got a big head and little arms. <laughs> um, 
Uh, what I about think you, my favorite. I want to say the T Rex, but since we've mentioned that one, my favorite is probably uh, on one of the water levels. You get these little squid guys. Oh, those are fun! That, like surround themselves with water, and they sh- they can shoot straight up in the air with the water. But then you can shoot it like behind you and go like just flying through the air so you can be in the water like going really fast or you can like jump like burst yourself up and then just like propel yourself forward and like it's like you're flying and when you run out of water you just like fall back into the water and get more water and you can keep doing it and it's actually a mechanic you use to fight one of the mini bosses and it was just really satisfying to do and i really liked it i did not like that boss though that was that was probably my least favorite boss that boss kept hiding from me. He got behind the, like, one little tiny island, and so there's this huge map, and I'm, like, flying around, like, where the crap is he? And he's, he's like, huge. hiding behind this island. <laughs> like, yeah, but I couldn't see him. It was, like, the perfect... He was, like, the perfect size to hide behind the one thing that he actually fit behind, and I couldn't find him for, like, two minutes. It was really annoying. Hey, can I tell you about my favorite moment in Mario Odyssey so far? Um, I thought it was the end of New Donk City. Um, that, yes, that is, but you, you just remind me of another one that's made <laughs> a little better. I, I no, that's probably better, but this is really up there. The T-Rex. Okay. So in New Donk City, I can't tell you where this is at. You just go into this random door that's open and you spawn in and there's a scooter sitting there and the camera is, is set. Like the camera set looking at you. So like you get on the scooter and you start driving towards the camera. Okay. And then you're just like, oh, cool. This is like a little mini game level or something. And you start driving. And then two seconds later, a freaking T-Rex shows up and chases you like you're in freaking Jurassic Park. And you have to outrun him and like dodge him biting you while you're trying to collect coins and then a few power moons. And it was so ridiculous and out of the blue, but it has been my favorite like little encounter so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not had that happen. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there anything else we want to add about Mario Odyssey? I just want Angela, to give another you say, special. Oh, go ahead, Tommy. I was gonna say I just want to give another special shout out to Andy for uh, loaning me uh, a switch for a couple of days, so I can yeah, man. What you a know, like yeah, man. convince myself to spend money I don't have in the next few days and get one. <laughs> there, mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to say, just having a switch for a handful of days now, though, I'm, I'm impressed at the build quality. Of it, the Joy Cons do feel a little. Here's here's the thing about the Joy Cons. I get they're made to be used in mobile, and they feel great when you're on the go and just playing on mobile. They don't feel as great when you slide them into the controller thing. I think a pro controller would be better for that. Uh, I do hate where that right joystick is, though. I wish it was up high. I don't know why because that doesn't. It doesn't bother me because I figured out, and this may just work for me, but like. I don't move my thumb down. I use the knuckle of my thumb to. I just shift my knuckle down, and I use like the bottom knuckle to move that joystick around, and like that works. Like I don't have to like make my thumb awkwardly go down. I can be. I can touch the number pad, and I just move my hand, thumb down a little bit and use the bottom knuckle to like aim. And I've done it in Zelda and had no trouble aiming and stuff. And it's been c- perfectly comfortable for me. But honestly, that probably doesn't work for anyone here's else that's probably just me here's the just deal do. like i if if i was designing this that's exactly where i would have put it because i love the offset sticks on a xbox controller versus like the parallel ones but in handheld mode man i just don't know it's just weird um not having both of your thumbs on i, I i'm the same way with you tommy i don't know what it is 
Luckily, you know, Mario, you can use the shoulder buttons to kind of snap the camera behind you, um, like the bumper buttons. So that's kind of helped a lot for Mario. But I don't know. I like a Switch. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, trying some other games on it and stuff. It's definitely... We, we went on a little bit of a road trip. Angela played it almost the whole way. And it was great to have it just on the go. Um, it's been one of my favorite things so far. It was a good babysitter mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we going to rate it, Matt? Yes. So we're going to give it our rating, all four of us. Angela can participate in this too. Um, our rating system is really simple. We either give it a dope if we loved it or a nope if we don't. And uh, that's it. So I'll go first for Mario Odyssey. I'm giving it a dope. I think it is a good enough game to buy a switch if you don't have one especially if you've ever played any mario at any time in your life and loved mario you will absolutely love mario odyssey so it's a dope for me i i'm gonna give it a dope too it's fun um it's the only switch game i have right now and i don't feel like the need to go buy anything besides it because it's great i will say that i think it is really i've had a grin on my face while playing it constantly and in a season that i've been playing a lot of first person shooters and faster paced games there's something about playing a platformer mario that's just been so much fun and refreshing um it's just Mm -hmm. there's not quite anything like it i now played other platformers but like mario is just something special and this game is something special and if, if you like mario 64 this is like the spiritual successor of it you definitely need to check it out it's worth getting a switch for um that's my thoughts absolutely i'm gonna give it a dope i'm Woo. having fun i agree you agree, I agree. And, and so that is four dopes from us and yeah, so there's there's our you know thoughts on Mario Odyssey. Obviously, we all really liked it. I think we're all going to be playing it for a while. Um, and honestly, I think it's going to have a lot of replay value. I think once the, I beat it, it's going to be, like Drew said, a great game to just pick up and play here or there, especially since we, it can be played in handheld mode. I see this. I can see myself beating this and not playing it until like I go on a trip somewhere and I'm just going to grab it and I'm going to like have so much fun being able to just go around and like find all those extra coins that I or moons that I didn't find. Yeah. And I think that's really cool and really plays well with what the switch, you know, stands for. So Angela, didn't you say you had some questions you wanted to ask about it? Oh, no. Earlier, I forgot about that. I was going to ask y'all um, what your favorite, because 64 is my favorite game, what was your favorite level from either Mario 64 or I'll say um, Super Mario Sunshine, and what was your least favorite level? Ah. I don't remember my favorite from Sunshine, but I did really like Sunshine. But I do remember in Mario 64 when you come into like the castle you could like hold down the Z button or something and you could look around, you'd go in first person. And if you looked up at this like light, you went to the level where you unlocked like the, the winged cap. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like really loving that because it was like the first, like it was, it felt like a secret and I thought that was really cool. My least favorite level was for Mario sunshine. There's a level where you have to fight this manta ray. And when you hurt the manta ray, it like splits into smaller ones and you know this manta ray as it's like the whole thing with mario odyssey is you're using the like water gun to like clear the paint and the paint hurts you and this was electrified paint and so you're fighting this big manta ray while also trying to clear out what was below you so when you land you don't like 
get electrocuted, but every time you attack it, it splits into smaller ones, and it got to the point where it split into, like, three small ones, and they would just go everywhere and leave paint everywhere, and so, like, it was super hard to kill them and not, like, get electrocuted and died, and there weren't many coins on that level, so it was... I hated it. It was so hard. Yeah. That was... Uh, literally had the conversation with Drew earlier that that was my least favorite level. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite? My favorite level... Okay, so in Super Mario Sunshine, I really liked the one with the the caterpillar thingy where you had to like jump on its back, like on the beach. Um, mm-hmm. But then I in Mario, like sixty four, probably the lava level. I loved the lava level. I hated sand level though. <laughs> I liked um, my favorite sixty four level was. Uh... And this is just this vivid memory I have from being a kid. I love like the snowy mountain one, and I love the penguin and like sliding down the slide with the penguin. I know that's oh, yeah. so lame. No, I remember that one. But I just loved the slide. It was so ridiculous. Or finding baby penguin and having taken it back to its mom. Yeah, mom. yeah. <laughs> but man, and accidentally dropping it off the like ledge, uh, poor penguin, or purposely, depending Horrible if you were like really that. mean as a kid. I think my I didn't do it. I think my least favorite Much. was um. <laughs> Do y'all remember that underwater level with the freaking giant eel? Didn't like yes. that thing. I don't like snakes. That thing was so scary. That thing you had to be metal. You had to go metal Mario so you'd sink, and the thing would come out of the hole and try to eat you. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Those are that's probably my favorite and least favorite of that whole generation. Mm-hmm. I I don't really remember. It has been. I mean. Um, I don't remember the last time I played Mario 64. It's been literal decades for me. Oh, goodness. That's okay. I mean, it's been decades. I, I wouldn't have been able to answer you except Angela asked me this like earlier this evening and like I was thinking about it and then looked up a few of the levels because she has like an old school like Nintendo Power themed player's guide for Mario 64 I was looking through before we got on and it was so good. Um man nostalgia i love it that's really cool it has the pages with all the bosses in it where you can like tell you what each boss does what their weaknesses are and all that how you gotta cool. throw bowser at this one specific point ah the 90s oh yeah before you before you could look up stuff you had to buy player guides yeah yeah cool well does anyone have anything they want to add before we close out if not, we're going to close out with our favorite segment, What You Binge Watching. I'm sure a lot of us are probably going to mention Mario, but might as well do it because it's always fun. And I'll go first because I got something different. Uh, after Tommy had mentioned last week that he was on his little anime kick, I was like, man, I want to find a new anime to watch. And lo and behold, there's a new one on Netflix that is a part of a series that I've watched before um, called Fate, and I cannot pronounce it the last word it's like it's not apocalypse but it's like a pot something i'll look it up and see if i can remember how to say it but anyway it's um a part of this series called the fate series um it's based off a light novel game in japan yes the eight apocrypha that it's it's weird but it's (laughs) really really good and so basically there's two or three animes based on it um, and they all kind of are are in the same world, but they're they're different uh, different takes on the world that the game is. Um, but the premise of it is there's all these magicians, and every few years, hundred years or whatnot, there will be this great war for the Holy Grail, and these magicians can summon heroes from the past. 
So King Arthur gets summoned. You give huh? card game, you can just be like King Arthur card. Yo, sorry, that's that's just the bottom. No, no. So there's there's masters and servants, and the servants are all these like famous like uh, figures from history. So like the first one I ever watched is called Fate's Day Night um, Unlimited Blade Works. Crazy name, but really freaking good anime. And like King Arthur is in it, and. Uh, Hercules is one of the characters and all these and there's different subclasses so there's a saber class who's like King Arthur is and like they use a sword and there's an archer and a berserker class and all this other stuff and it's just it's a really interesting premise and the um the animation quality is really high like the fight scenes are really really good and really high action and done super well um, and it's just a really good series. I really, my favorite, I really liked Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works, um, which is also on Netflix. And this is set in the same world, but like a different timeline. So that those that what happened in that never happened. But basically, usually there's seven knights, like warriors, that get summoned. But in this one, something weird happens, and they they get like doubled. And so there's like these two factions fighting each other. And so there's fourteen different. Um, servants that get summoned and they're all f- trying to fight each other to get the holy grail because it'll like grant a wish and whatnot but like it's really interesting and it's definitely worth checking out and i've watched the first couple episodes and i'm really digging it and looking forward to seeing where it goes so yeah you should definitely y'all should definitely check it out and let me know what you think i will do you get like mm-hmm. ridiculous mashups like napoleon versus christopher columbus kind of kind of so like there's some well-known heroes but then there's other ones that are more obscure but like they're i don't want to necessarily give it away but there's different twists and takes on these characters like king arthur is a good example like king arthur is not what you expect king arthur to be but the character is still really really cool and stuff um but like i said the, the animation quality is really good and it's based off the game, and so there's a couple different versions of it, but what it is is it the different anime ver- versions are following different uh, story tracks. So, like, in the game, you can make decisions, and s- the story will go this way or that way. And so this, uh, the one I've watched, at least the one that's called Unlimited Blade Works, it follows, like, one specific storyline from the game. And so there's a couple different versions, but that one's the one I watched, and it was really good. And this one's kind of a more unique take to it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we watched like six hours of Stranger Things yesterday, and it was awesome. Okay. We finished season two, and I've just decided that if you've not seen season two, I'm not spoiling anything per se. I just am thinking that maybe from here on out, a thing for uh, Stranger Things is going to be to kill... Uh, or lose or something, some random obscure nerdy per- like person every season kind of thing. <laughs> uh, because Barb was first season and then something similar happens in season two, though a little different, but though not really different in some so ways. You think spoilers. About it. Yeah, spoilers, I guess. Um, yeah, it could be, that could be a lot of different could be, people. It could be though. a lot of different people, though, but when you do see it, you'll be like, ah, oh, yeah. Um, when you go in, if you don't expect at least someone to die, you've not been watching the right show. Yeah, but it, it was really good. I liked it. Um, that's mm. pretty much. It's pretty good. That's pretty much what I've. I, I've just started reading Lord of the Rings again, so that's kind of where I'm at. That those two things, which you've been binging besides that, Angela. Uh, well, 
I'm really kind of sad right now. I only have a TV show that I'm super into other than Stranger Things, but I'd say Mario. Um, I'm trying to start The Hobbit, but I like sleep too much. And I usually the watch... The show or the book? The book. The book. Oh, okay. Um, I've started reading like I've I've started it several times in my life, <laughs> but I've never finished it. And I'm just kind of like I said at night, I just like sleep too much. I get to the point mm. where I'm just like super tired, and I'm I can't ever finish it. So we'll see. So wonder right now. Alistair's done a podcast on um. Oh on yeah, the Hobbit. we've, we've really been good. listening to it. Yeah, we listened to oh, it. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. It made me start reading it with it, and but I didn't get very far. Oh, so. podcast. Yeah, I've been listening to um lore. Oh, lore's good. Yeah, I just can't get in the lore. It's just not my cup of tea, but uh, it's good. I, I've it's quality. I just it's just I think they're I think a sh- the, I'm just, I think they're doing a show for it too. I don't know if you do. saw that. Andy. They are. I don't really care for the show. Yeah, the podcast does it better. The show seems a little. I don't know. It's not as great. It's better in like a gotcha. campfire medium, like him reading it with no visual. Then, yeah, I'd agree with mm-hmm. that. All right, what about well, you, Tommy? I didn't really binge a whole lot this week. I made a trip to Missouri and back in a couple days and oh my spent my time driving. Uh, but I did start, uh, what was that show? The Mist. I'm a couple couple episodes into it. For those who don't know, it's based off of a Steve, Stephen King novel. And, I, was like, uh, I thought that sounded like one. Yeah, it, I mean, there, it, you know... The movie came first, and I can't remember how long ago the movie was out. Maybe just over a decade ago, and the movie was really good. Um, but uh, The Mist is pretty good. They've got one season out. I don't know if it's going to get renewed or, renewed or not. I think I'm like six or seven episodes in the season. and um, While I enjoy it, I can see where there would not be a high marketability. Or, you know, I don't know. I, I don't see it going a second season, but... You know, yeah, I wouldn't mind if it mm-hmm. did. Yeah, interesting, cool. Well, that's what we've been binging, and that's our show. Thanks for joining us this week as we talk about Mario Odyssey. If you want to connect with us, we are on all the social medias. Just look for the Valkyrie Cast. If you are on Apple, check us out on iTunes. If you're on Android, check us out on Podbean. And like I said, we're on all the socials. And that's it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. We are the Valkyrie Cast.